Welcome back to Articulate with Steve McJones. How's it going? The song you are hearing in this very moment is an original by this week's guest, Samantha Paget. I am so freaking pumped for this episode because Samantha and I met at Two Street, of course, uh, obviously, and she was actually hosting when I first started. She is such an articulate person uh, and has such an expansive vocabulary on how she chooses to convey uh, her thought processes and means of expression through music is it's so stimulating to to listen to her talk and walk us through the process her passion for her music really does shine through and you can hear it not only in this conversation but also in the music so strap in and please enjoy this week's episode of articulate Alright, so I think we could start maybe if you're ready. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Because I'm gonna ask. So is that so you're from Virginia out there? Yeah. Okay. And uh yeah. <laughs> and you have in Virginia you have uh barbecue Anyway. Yeah, I know. Limeade. Uh it sounds really good to be honest with you. But welcome uh Samantha Paget, uh to Articulate with Stephen Jones. How are you doing today? I'm doing quite well, thank yeah, you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited. Um so yeah, let's like, get into your background a little bit. So you born raised in virginia and how did you end up here and yeah and kinda... so i was like born in hampton roads uh the 757 area and then i ended up going to college in charlottesville okay and cool. then i stayed there for a few years that's when i started doing comedy et cetera, et cetera. yeah charlotte how's the scene out there uh it, it's it's pretty weird there's like a good scene in virginia but it's like there's these like disparate hubs mm. so it was like Every Monday night in Charlottesville, there was a Southern Mic ran by Chris Allen, and I felt like everybody in the state, minus maybe D.C., mm-hmm. even though they're not technically in Virginia, um, would show up there. So, like, people from, like, the 757, from other parts of Central Virginia, from Richmond, mm-hmm. and then there was, like, certain mics in Richmond that were hubs. There was a few mics in, like, Stanton, Virginia, that mm-hmm. got, like, decent pulls. So, like, doing comedy in Virginia was, like, probably the most miles I put on my car. Like, I think it was, like, every night of the week, for the most part, with the exception of the mics on Monday, I would drive 45 minutes to an hour. Really? To, like, a different city to do stand-up. That's commitment. Yeah, but to be fair, like, part of it was kind of fun, though, because, like, we'd always get to carpool. So it was, like, a full car most nights of the week. Yeah. So, like, a lot of the people who I would ride to became some of my good friends. Nice. But uh, I got to Philly just because one of my, like, best friends growing up lived here, and I used to come up here and visit him. And I just, from what I saw in his life and what he was paying for rent and what was around him, he was at this, like, very cheap-ass place in West Philly. Oh, nice. It's like, this city feels, like, very doable. Yeah. Uh, I, I always feel I talk about Philadelphia in this, like, overly pragmatic way, where it's, like, it's a spreadsheet city to me, where it's, like, I love Philly, don't get me wrong, but, like, in terms of, like, cost of living, size of just the city itself, proximity to other locations... Philly is just, like, right there in the perfect, like, golden center. Yeah. So... Spreadsheet city. I like that. Yeah, no, it's like, if you crunch the numbers, at least for me, it's like, Philly just, like, made sense. Yeah. I want to live in a big city on the East Coast, not that far away, with enough shit going on, and I can go to New York. So. Yeah. Did you have a spreadsheet, too? No. Okay. I don't make spreadsheets. You just think in spreadsheets. I, I make... <laughs> I honestly make a lot of spreadsheets that, like, don't pertain to data. I just want to see things written in a grid. <laughs> <laughs> just for the aesthetic of it. Yeah, just so I can, like, all right, this is the red column where I write notes that are red. Flavored. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So where did the music, like, making come in? Because it sounds like, in general, with comedy, of course, there's creativity involved. So I wonder for you, did it start with, like, one creative adventure, like, with, obviously, video games, you, you see them as 
creative um and then kind of how did that branch out into all the different avenues for you so like music didn't really become that much of a thing of a creative output into like college because the longest time i was taking instrument lessons to learn music as like a skill as like a rope thing that i can do trying to learn how to play sheet music which i honestly really struggle with because just like I can't see notes in the middle. Like, yeah. I know how to read sheet music, but I'm practically dyslexic when it comes to it. Hmm. Uh, what did you play? Uh, I, first, I took piano lessons because my neighbor was a teacher. And then I learned bass. And then I learned guitar. And then I learned alto saxophone. Wow. And then I had a lot of friends with drum kits. So like I taught myself a little bit of drums. Okay. And then for a specific uh, jazz band thing, I played the marimbas. The marimbas? Yeah, it was for a single song. <laughs> That's awesome. Just for one song? So. Yeah, I, mean, I don't even think we played it. It's like a thing that we did in practice a few times and no one wanted to play that. So I was like, all right, I'll try it. Yeah. I know, piano, it's kind of similar. Right. I bet I played it horribly. But, <laughs> but that was like early in like middle school, high school area. Yeah, yeah. like I didn't really start like thinking about like making music or that as a creative outlet until I was in college and I took this class so it was the history of just like digital electronic music mm -hmm. and a part of that class too had us do some like very rudimentary like music uh composition exercises basically yeah. just like take audacity and apply effects and move things around in a timeline okay and then like the uh, the whole class led up to us using reaper which is like a free daw hmm. that exists online and making a song in reaper and then once i did that i was like oh i kind of get how this works my friend taught me a little bit of ableton and then, like, as soon as it was done with that class, I turned the final. I pirated Ableton for the first of many times. I do have a legit copy. Yeah, um, but also many illegitimate I still, copies. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, one to three is the ratio. Um, anyway, once I did that, I just, like, sat down and I banged out a track, which was, like, a loop of some John Frusciante song. Okay. Uh, I forgot the name of it, but it was just, like, a little jangly guitar part. I looped it, added nice. some very shitty, way too loud drums. <laughs> And then That's I... That's really the key to most songs, I think, is very shitty loud drums. As long as, it, you know, there's a beat there and you, you get along with it, you bang your head to it, it's nice. Well, honestly, like, I didn't know how to, like, MIDI program stuff that good then. Like, I, I knew how to, but, like, I was like, no, I should play this live. So, if you listen to, like, any of the songs I have on my, like, first album, most of the drums, like, end up falling out of loop. Okay. Because, like, it was a thing I played myself and it wasn't necessarily, like, locked into a measure or anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, that's pretty cool. So, and, and I guess before we get too deep into like, cause I, you, I don't, I didn't even know you had a, how many albums do you have? Uh, two. Okay. Two albums. Um, before we do that. So like just tracing back like the create creativity a little bit, you said that wasn't until college that you explored that. Um, the creativity before then was that was comedy before that too? Hey, it was all kind of simultaneous. Okay. To be honest. At once. I really did, and at the risk of making this sound too much like a therapy session, there mm -hmm. was, like, a lot of things I internalized growing up uh, were the, the type of, like, uh, Protestant work ethic, capitalist ideas of, Isn't like... It? Yeah, I know, <laughs> but it's the shit, like, the only things that are really worth investing time and money in are things that are lucrative or have a monetary return, and growing up, anytime I expressed any desire to do anything creative, it was beat into my head immediately. That, like, oh, you cannot survive off this. Mm. So, like, it was just, like, a passing hobby. Like, I'm a child. I'm going to want to try to write music and stuff like that. And just this weird type of discouragement I got of, like, hey, I'm making a song. I'm not saying I want to be a rock star or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know there's no money in this. <laughs> and 
I didn't really think about doing anything creative. I was just like, yeah, I'm gonna grow up and be what my parents want me to be, et cetera, et cetera, and be an engineer or a doctor or a lawyer or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then I got to college and I tried studying those things and I hated it so much. Yeah. And it's just when like I was like, okay, I can do whatever I want now. Like one yeah. one something felt so bad and nasty, and I was like, oh, this sucks. I should try something else. Yeah. And that's like when I started making music, when I started doing comedy, which is like writing, sketch, and improv. And Oh, you did sketch and improv too? That was what I've... I mean, I think I just had the tipping point of doing stand-up longer than I've done those. Okay. But up for a while, that was the majority of my comedy experience. Sure. And and so you said they all kind of started at the same time. Was it within like the same year that yeah. you decided to pick yeah, all that up? Yeah, it was up? like the second half of my freshman year. Oh, nice, yeah. nice. How... Like... Relief, how much relief did you feel like actually trying these things out you know like that must have been amazing for you oh, it's a, I didn't even like really realize that at the time it just kind of uh, like I was doing it also correlated to and not even to go into this conversation and be like a lot of other podcasts but mm -hmm. uh, it correlated with like my first real psychedelic experiences nice particularly acid for sure that just like I guess bumped my train of thought into a different path yeah yeah I feel that I think, uh, and similarly, I guess, again, not to get too deep into it, but similarly, I had a bad psychedelic experience in college. And then from there, it, like, triggered an anxiety, I think. And then from there, I was like, all right, how do I relieve this anxiety? And that's when I started writing a lot more after that, um, just to, like, for some form of creative expression to, like, get all this in my head out onto some sort of uh, cohesive paper or argument or something like that. No, I, I, I understand that feeling very specifically of yeah. like the kind of that, that angst and anger yeah. that you it's like it feels like whenever i'm like angry in a bad mood and i go to work out just to kind of like work out the anger like yeah. that works in creative endeavors too oh any yeah. sort of like concerted exertion it's like just place this energy somewhere else yeah <laughs> yeah and and what i like about creative endeavors whether it be music or uh, writing or, or something like that is you can read it back and read it from a, a different emotion than you were experiencing when you wrote it. So when you come back to it, you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, that is kind of how I was feeling in that moment. And it's like beautiful, you know? Even um, when it's ugly, it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. But cool. So that all started at the same time. Did you see, was there overlap between the two groups, between writing, stand-up, and then the music? Or was that just two completely different hobbies that you picked up at the same time? Uh, there all kind of disparate to be honest okay. there's really isn't like a lot of the music i'm making now i would say is goofy okay i would say like i i put effort in to put like little jokes and stuff and the lyrics or some like goofy compositions stuff like that but okay that's the closest i got to it i know like mm -hmm. they always try to find the idea of making the fucking cursed creative mcgangbang of sliding all your shit together but <laughs> Yeah, no, they're they're pretty much separate tracks. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah so the, that first album, it's funny, you started creating after you took the class, you didn't even make a song until after you finished the rudimentary class. Yeah, <laughs> and then like the, the first song I made after that was on my first album, and nice it's it's bad but i did it like i still put it out there yeah well that's I, what i was gonna to... ask when did you decide to like make an album after that first one you were like "Ooh, nice and then you got excited about that or well i just like i don't know i'm a very um i i i will if left my own devices like sit and be alone and do something repetitively over and over again okay and i am that way with music where i think i have like off of whatever I've released, and I get this is pretty standard, specifically with digital music producers who can like sit down and like make something of like a song in like a few minutes. Okay. 
I mean, I have like maybe like a couple hundred hours at this point. Like I have so much, so many loops and stuff. Like mm-hmm. sometimes I'll just sit down and make something and I'll never listen to it again. <laughs> but like when I first started, I was like, once my, like I figured out the DAW enough and I kind of had some creative output. I was like, wow, I have like a bunch of shit here. I might as well just try to make this into an album. Yeah. And for the first album, there's like really no cohesion or anything between it. They are just kind of like random things I did in a DAW. <laughs> and like some songs, like most songs, I think run a minute and a half. Well, okay. some are like five. So <laughs> but you only want two and a half minutes if you can get it, you know, three minutes max. It's, it's all over the place. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I think the, the background in like actual music, like instruments and things like that definitely probably helped with, um, even though you couldn't read sheet music as well, but you were, you know, that probably helped with putting things together and making them cohesive, right? You but know, the big thing was sure. jazz. I took like a class in jazz improvisation. Oh, really? And that was like when I felt like I finally had like a framework. Mm-hmm. Cause like I played jazz band in high school, but I never played as like a rhythm instrument. So I wasn't really dealing as much with the chords, the chord changes, or even the key. I was like playing alto sax and I was just writing each note and then, you know, the sheet music above the note to read, to play, or just remembering, like, the intervals between the notes. Mm-hmm. So, like, I was really disconnected from, like, I guess, like, the core mechanisms of it. But once I did this jazz improvisation class where I was on keys, yeah, and then I started having to play piano for, like, entire long sessions when we went over some jazz standards, and I was just doing the rhythm, and I had to comp during the solo sections and stuff, that, like, song structure and, like, the way to arrange chords and... Okay. Things like that finally became a little less opaque. Yeah. I'm still not great at it. I really do feel like I learned music theory for like a period of months and it kind of just fades. Yeah. It's whatever, like the opposite of riding a bike type scale of right. like, I always forget it. Yeah. <laughs> but that's interesting. Yeah, but that was like huge. And like, also, like, once I finally got into that, like, I can kind of now kind of like read sheet music because mm-hmm. I can read uh, jazz chord charts so much easier because it's just like, it will be a melody and there are the chords written out. And once you know the melody, you kind of know how to like, play the chords according to what's going on with the melody so yeah definitely did you yeah and so i mean how i guess how how long have you been how long ago was that that you started making that first album i guess uh that was i think i released that my sophomore and or junior year in college okay which would be 2016 2016. So that's six or seven years ago? Six or seven. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, wow. So, when you talk about hundreds of hours, it's definitely hundreds of hours if you've been doing it all since then. Yeah. That's funny. I've lost, like, half of it, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Pirated versions of Ableton did bite me in the ass. <laughs> I would pirate a specific version and use specific plugins that I did not legally own, and then once I had a legit copy, none of these files work, and when I re-pirate it, it's like, oh, this is, like, a wrong version, too. So... <laughs> Yeah, karma, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, but you still got your your well, you know. Um, and so, like, with so, when did you come out with the second album? Then the second album was closer to graduating, and okay. that that one's like a complicated thing. Where like I was a lot more proud of that one. I put a lot more effort to make it have more of a cohesive sound. Yeah. So like the music I released the um the name I used for all the music that I've like released is Sky Neighbor. Okay. Which, just a quick aside, you know that bit people do where someone says a series of words and you're like, oh, that's a band name. Yeah. Yeah, I was just like, I told myself the last time I made that joke before I had enough to release, that was the name I was using. Oh, really? And I was leaning in my friend's window on like the third floor of his house into his kitchen and he (laughs) called me a sky neighbor and I was like, all right, there we go. That's perfect. But no, no, the, the second album I released, I think closer to like graduating college was like 
I think that is like the only thing I've released that is like very specifically the sound of the music I have been making under like the moniker Sky Neighbor of like dreamy, synthy, kind of like lo-fi hmm. at points. I mean, it's not like degraded sound, but I think I use a lot of like very simple sound textures, like sound fonts from like Super Nintendo games or like or a lot of like process, just like simple square waves. Don't really do that much with the synth. Um, and then just like eclectic samples. distribution got like lost like the digital aether like something fucky happened because one song i had a little bit of a soprano sample that i forgot yeah and once i hit like submit they're like oh hey there's like a copyrighted material in here you got to remove that so i'm like okay i'll just don't release that song that's fine yeah. but like that little flag that got tripped meant that like it showed up months later on like youtube music uh, and then like a few more months later on like apple music and other streaming platforms, but it never got onto Spotify mm. for whatever reason. So despite how complicated Spotify is and everyone complaining about them recently, and for good reason, they are still the default. Yeah. You know, I it's would like agree. if you're gonna order stuff online, you're not gonna not use Amazon. Like, yeah, yeah. For maybe sure. Alibaba. <laughs> yeah. But so you're not on Spotify, but you're on everything else. So the first album's on Spotify, but the second one, it's like the first one's called The Art Bin, and mm. the second one's the Creativity Cabinet. And that's the one that is basically only accessible now on YouTube. <laughs> so Interesting. It's one of those, like, dash topic uploads. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so, I guess between the first album and the second album, is that when you took that jazz course between them, or...? I took it, like, concurrently with the second. With the second. So, there, there, there's, like, some tracks that, like, I released in the second album that really do have, like, I, I wrote them as, like, jazz standards. Like, I did sit down, like, all right, hear the chords, and I would go over, record the bass line, oh, nice. and then... Basically, the melodies for all these songs are just solos I did, but because it's digital audio production, I can like isolate a bit of the solo and like, oh, that's like the that's the melody mm. for this section, and then there's a more complicated version of it. It's all very piecemeal, kind of just like, yeah, sonic collage bullshit. But it sounds like there was a lot more intention and in, uh, than the first album, you know, very much so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a lot more direction with it too. I mean, there's still like a few odd random tracks because sometimes like I'll make something that doesn't fit in with anything, but I'm proud of it. So mm -hmm. it's like that's gotta go on there. Yeah, yeah, and like, so um, you're still making music since then, right? I am. I'm actually working on an entirely new project. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. So it's been that was your last project was. The end of graduation was... What, yeah, it's eight, like four years ago. Four years ago. Okay, so then in the meantime, did you kind of just stray away from it or a little bit? Or always kind of working on it a little bit in the background? Or? Well, like, that was like... After graduating was like a big chaotic period of my life. Because like I, I got a marketing job that made me want to die in Charlottesville. And it's been a few more years. Yeah, <laughs> I was doing SEO. And the job was so chaotic and miserable. It was like one of those jobs where... You would, uh, your, my boss would like solemnly call me into his office. He's like, come in here. And then I'd sit down, and then he's just like, have you seen season three of Seinfeld? Shit like that. He would just do random stuff like this. What? It terrified me. Like, <laughs> I sweat through all my clothes, and like, and I, and I got like a really bad kratom addiction when I was working there. I would just like 
pop open like four or five pills of kratom and i had no idea the strength or whatever just yeah. put them in water chug it and then be kind of like stoned at my desk just like watching <laughs> videos of streamers playing slay the spire yeah. like and then like that's also like when i uh i transitioned like i started transitioning around that time and that was around the same time too was like you know covid starting and then moving yeah, to philadelphia yeah. so like just a whirlwind at that point yeah and like I, I had like and i'm still kind of in that phase of like a hibernation i guess so to speak where yeah. i feel like a lot more of my life became a lot more interior <laughs> yeah no um, i feel that it was only since changed uh yeah. since coming to philly and which is when i started making music again but like for years like i mean nothing i think i released like three tracks on my soundcloud that mm. are just kind of orphaned they're just like things that i was making in the interim i was like oh this is kind of nice i threw it up there and then that was it yeah yeah and and well and so the reason kind of uh, you know, moving forward with that is like, I want to like, how do you think it's progressed? So like with your inspiration for the first one, obviously it just kind of came from that class and messing around with a lot of the, the samples and beats that they probably provided you at that point and what you were learning with the, the basics. And then the second one sounded like there was a lot more intention. So inspiration for that, like you said, Sounds like it comes from, you know, video game music in the background. and Very much so. Yeah. It, that's, like, the only thing of all the music I've made and all the different genres, there is, like, a uh, uh, a through line of, like, video game music. Mm -hmm. And I, I have a lot to say about that because I think video game music is some of the most, like, meticulously composed, when it's good, mm -hmm. uh, music out there. Because, like, anything that can stand the test of, like, repeated listening and still sound good is, like awesome and like yeah, that's the essence of like pop music and dance music and stuff like that anything repetitive but like right. i think video game music like deviates from that where it's a lot more uh based on like setting mm -hmm. and it has a kind of cinematic aspect where it's kind of supposed to direct your feelings but because video games are interactive it's not as like direct like you should feel this way it's more of like this is how this space sounds and you should adjust your expectations accordingly mm -hmm. like well, there's there's so many like video game tracks that are like again like it, it is basically like a simple loop repeated right well i was just gonna real quick is like a, the guy who made zelda he used to just like before the game came out would just put it on in his office all the time while he was working just yeah. to see how annoying <laughs> if yeah. he could keep it on you know what i mean and that's why again ocarina of time when you talk about you know gameplay is fun and, and whatnot but like the the ambiance that they set with that and the music and the and the characters and, and the that whole that is like 90 percent of the fun i really think like yeah. that's why i go back to the game right is to just like i can just like plot myself in the forest simple and just <laughs> yeah. feel like i'm having a bad trip like yeah. it, it rocks like there, there, there's so many little moments where just like there's a space that, like you like and i don't know like a lot of that is stuff i try to carry over there's like a, a song i made which i'm pretty it's Kind of a shameful thing. I don't know if I actually released it on the album or not. It was just on my SoundCloud. But have you ever played uh, Ico and or Ico, depending on how much of a weep you are? It's just oh. called ICO. ICO. No, I have not. So that game is a... Uh, I don't know the developer's name, but they also made like Shadow of the Colossus. Okay. And this game was in some ways kind of like a, a prequel to some degree. Like, yeah. I don't really know the lore of these games that much. I yeah. really only played this in like a stoned haze in the <laughs> summer after I graduated college. But like... In this game, it's, like, there's these very, like, tall and desolate, like, castle grounds. Mm -hmm. And everything casts, like, these very dramatic shadows. And it's, like, a really muted color palette. But there's these, like, really, like, cool and warm colors that kind of, like, fade in out on the sky and on things. It has this very moody vibe. But for the yeah. most part, there's little stabs of music here and there. There's some, like, straight-up just, like, lyric-driven music, which I honestly don't care for that much. But 
In the game, what you save is there's these little like stone couches that you and the princess you're escorting will just sit and like pass out on. <laughs> and whenever you sit on these couches, this music bubbles up from like silence. Oh. And it's this tiny little loop. It is, mm -hmm. it, if you want to look up the song, I'm like, it's just called Rest. Right. And it's from ICO, ICO. Okay. Sometimes they call it like the save couch theme. But like, it is, it is, it almost like it doesn't really have anything you can isolate. It's all these sounds kind of like bubbling up against. And they have this like really weird delay effect. Mm. So that it creates all these weird little like chirps way in the distance and this kind of stereo spacing yeah. thing. Um, it, it's immensely gorgeous. It's like one of the prettiest things. Like I, I was delivering pizzas at the time and that job sucked like so bad. It was like a brand new Marcos pizza and they had us delivering all these free promotional things and we weren't getting paid because no one tips for free pizza. But while I was like driving all around Charlottesville at the time, I just listened to this on loop. Like wow. it was in my Spotify wrapped of that nice. year or whatever the predecessor before it was Instagrammable. Yeah. Like, and it was just like that, that little scene though. Cause again, I think it's like a minute, like 90 seconds of music that even in itself is mostly just like a little loop that mm. is just looped more. Yeah. I listened to it for hours. Hours and yeah. hours. And it was just really impactful, like the feeling I get of it. Like something about it really does feel like my soul is kind of getting lifted from my body and massage. Yeah, rest. Uh, resting a little bit. Yeah, Satisfying. yeah. Satisfying. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I just, uh, I, I, again, I only have, you know, played so many video games in my life, but like the music for, I've seen the Zelda Orchestra, and I think there's like such a, uh, almost a nostalgia that it can emit from oh, of course yeah, yeah yeah but it's also like in the moment when you were playing it, it wasn't nostalgia it was like fear or it was like you were in that moment you know playing like talking to the zora and there's like you know some kind of quirky music going on or something like that no well i mean like a lot of those games too really do run the full gamut of like genres and emotions and styles too which is another thing i like about video game music it's like I think a games are generally, you know, longer and more varied experience than like a film would be. So like there, I guess like the amount of uh, emotional, you know, uh, colors you have to paint in, there's like more like not to be this person, but fucking Undertale's music is fantastic. I know people talk a lot about it, but that being said though, like that game has like lounge themes. It has like goofy waltzes. It has like fucking like uh, chiptune metal tracks. Mm -hmm. It has everything and they all fit for something happening in the game. But right. when you listen to the soundtrack, like it goes all over the place. Yeah. Plus it's composed like a very nice, like, I don't know, there's late motifs over the entire thing. It's nice. very well done. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. And well, and so I guess I, what I wanted to bring it back to is like, I think that's kind of the point with, again, having intention in music is you want the intent for the listener to be able to feel, again, kind of that expression that you're trying to emote or like trying to um, express yourself, I guess. So I'm kind of curious, do you have, a, do you feel like there was a theme within the last album that had all that intention, your second album, um, with the expression uh, of emotion? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I would say there's like this uh, kind of like, the, the vibe is like this, radical agnosticism if you want to use like fancy ways of articulating it but it's just like i mean like i was at a time where like i had no fucking clue who i was or what i was doing or anything and there's this kind of like this void of like it could be anything or everything something like really big and like a bittersweet kind of vibe mm. but a little bitter um yeah i said bittersweet and bitter <laughs> like i think what i was trying to say got out there there is it's just like um i don't know like the, the 
video game equivalent of like you know you think you understand what the world's like and then you discover like an entire new area right and like there's a new theme and, you're, and it's i don't know <laughs> it's uh, overwhelming but it's also like a kind of uh new and exciting yeah yeah exciting. yeah yeah and so i guess for the new like your newer project for that you're making right now are you drawing from inspiration over the four years or are you like capturing you know yourself in this moment or you know, how are you? So, I mean, it's a bit of capturing myself in this moment is when I do feel like I have not going to ever say that I'm fully coalesced hmm. or cemented into anything. Right. I really do plan on continuing to look back at myself and be embarrassed at who I am now. <laughs> but it's, uh, I finally feel like comfortable enough that I'm actually trying to make what I would call real music a little bit more. Okay. It's still the same influences are there, but like I'm taking a lot more experience. Um, inspiration from a lot of the music I've been listening to and the type of stuff. Like there's a lot of like break core and hyper pop kind of stuff there. Okay. Some songs are just like uh, a little like pop punky, but that being said, like I'm doing things that feel like these genres, but with the palette of the music I'm used to using. Like there's like a song, like and, and the first time too, I've made music that is predominantly lyrically driven. Like mm. I, most of the stuff I had was, majority was just like you know instrumentals with like a little melody or a loop or something maybe a lyric song here or there but even then if there were lyrics they were more treated as an aspect of a loop right. as opposed to like this is actually where the song's going like one of the songs that i'm pretty proud of having made is called a uh, strip mall karate <laughs> and that's the one that has more of like kind of like a pop punk feel but in turn i try to make it kind of sound like the music for like a beat-em-up game on the genesis mm. Where they have like the really like chugging drums and just like that MIDI guitar that's just like da na 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 na. So like I I had the song in my head and then I went down and I downloaded sound fonts for the Sega Genesis, like oh, the nice. individual MIDI sounds they will use because I love the fucking chunky LFO sounds they have. <laughs> and I went ahead and just like you know I had the chords, I played it on guitar, just kind of like you know it'd be a normal thing. But then I used these instruments for it and then I like processed and used like a kind of this like um text-to-speech-ish filter on my vocals <laughs> to give it this, like, kind of, like, video gamey robotic quality to it. Okay. And I think, like, in terms of what I'm trying to do, that is, like, a very clear, direct, like, line, I suppose. There's, mm. like, I did release a single, like, I have a video for it. Okay. Uh, it's, so, like, the, the, the name, too, for the music I'm making now is, like, Cinnamentality Mode, nice. which is a quote from The Sopranos. Okay. Um, the whole other side, but, like, I, I uh... <laughs> There's the one song is like, again, like I had this like kind of mathy riff. I was playing the ukulele. I recorded it through a speaker, uh, like a really cheap microphone. And then I like added some big crush to it. And then after that, um, I ran it back through an amp. So it's like a very video gamey, like fucking like a Atari sounding sound. But when it goes back through the amp, it kind of blends into sounding like real instruments a little Ooh, bit. Like, really? Yeah. It's like, it, you know, if you, a lot of times like with heavy distortion, you lose so much of the original harmonics that you don't really like get the bass sound. Like mm -hmm. you hear a distorted guitar, you hear a distorted guitar. You don't hear like a guitar and then something else because it muddies it all together. Hmm. Yeah. And then like I made an entire song just based around that sound I made. So like, yeah. And that's really cool. It's like a new, uh, I mean, it sounds like you're experimenting with the kind different of, sounds I mean, you like, can make too. Yeah. I, there's a lot of weird things. Like, I don't think there's like that many tracks that I just like, oh, here's the synth patch I use. It's always like, 
some sound that I have to take a little bit of a journey to discover, and then I just, that's the scaffolding for yeah. whatever I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's exciting. That's uh, that's really fun. Is there, um, so there's already a single out for it. Is there yeah. a, a date for the album release? There is not. Not yet. Yeah, no, I, I have the track list set up, but I'm taking my time with it, because the last two albums were kind of release on this fuck it i'm done let's go ahead and get it out there mentality and there are tracks that i'm like i don't like that mm. or i don't know i i really struggle with like trying to make stuff you know perfectionist of tendencies etc etc et we've all heard about it but like it's really hard for me to let it go hmm. um in a sense so like i always reach a breaking point of like fuck it i'd rather be imperfect than have no one hear it right. and i'm trying to find a better balance this time around i was initially planning on releasing it uh like in december because oh, i had really? like uh, like 14 tracks ready and then i took a listen to all of them and like four of the tracks like how oh, i really think these fit and then i made some new music thought maybe this will fit and then i also decided that i'm not gonna pay anybody for mastering i'm gonna try to learn how to do it myself and that's mm. been an entire fucking ordeal <laughs> that shit's so annoying I spent like three hours trying to master a particular track and it sounded so good on the studio speakers in the studio and then like I brought it out and on my phone I'm like I only hear drums and I was in the car and then I only heard bass so just like how is it this <laughs> disparate on these different speakers so mm -hmm. yeah so there's not a certain date yet but you're still it sounds like so most of the songs are at least finished being uh, composed i guess for the most part like okay. yeah i mean there, there's a few songs where i'm like i think this maybe needs another verse or like okay. this is too long or mm -hmm. there's even like i have a really bad habit of sometimes i have a song that's a little boring and i pull a sample from something that i've been liking that maybe doesn't even thematically fit <laughs> and i just put it in there like oh here's a version of it and then, like <laughs> now it's all rendered i have to go in and remove that bullshit and mm. add something actually constructive as opposed to like a meme <laughs> <laughs> yeah but are there gonna be memes on the album yeah, <laughs> kind of. I mean, like, I, uh, do you know about, uh, Chris Chan? Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, Chris Chan is a very tragic, um, and I would say, like, interesting and disgusting, uh, internet figure. I don't really want to get into it all this time. Sure. If you know about Chris Chan at this point, like, you're familiar with what I'm talking about, and if you don't know about Chris Chan, like, don't look them up. <laughs> It's, it's a lot of knowledge that you can just avoid and be happy in ignorance. <laughs> but uh, there is, like, this, this particular figure I, I've had a fascination with because she lived in Charlottesville and a lot of the misadventures... That's a really bad word to use for it now. The, the things that were happening were, like, right around where I lived. So, like, oh, it was wow. this internet legend who I've known about since, like, high school who was, like, close to so i did a lot of research and kept up with it and it's it's a dark fascination that i think i'm a bad person for knowing on this stuff but like there are little bits and references to as it's called chris tree that have just kind of <laughs> stuck with me that do make it into the album nothing too overt there's okay. a mention of a quote-unquote love sign mm -hmm. which is like a very core tenet to chris tree but <laughs> i mean maybe that's the extent of what it goes it's a okay. lot of stuff it's just like some songs are like, I have more of an idea of what I'm saying, but there's a lot of songs I have. If I'm making like a more upbeat, kind of like fun, dancier party song, I you just kind of have like purely free associative, almost like schizophrenic lyrics, where it's like stuff I'm using these words for 
the sonic nature for them mostly, but mm-hmm. a bit of it is like, oh, here's bits and pieces of things that are like on my mind. Like, okay. I have like a song that has like extensive mission uh, mentions of like Mazda Miatas and Dark Souls, which are things that like inhabit my head and mm-hmm. like stuff like, you know, like random like ARGs and creepypastas and stuff, just like one off little references and stuff. And that's mostly for me, and it's mostly because I think the words sound nice. Mm-hmm. And if you're not into this the whole world of, I guess, like, culture I'm drawing upon for these references, it doesn't matter. It, it just has this kind of, like, this, you know, again, like, freely associative, almost, like, schizo <laughs> vibes to it. But <laughs> but it sounds good. It's, you like the way that it adds to the tracks. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, like, in terms of just, like, something that is, like, bouncing all over the place, I yeah. feel like it should at least lyrically kind of reflect <laughs> that, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, no, absolutely. I do that with plenty of my episodes in the podcast all the time. It's like, oh, this one's for me, for sure. Nobody else is listening to this. <laughs> Straight up, straight up. Yeah, but I mean, I think that's the point of what you should be, you know, it shouldn't all be for everybody else. It should just be because you're doing it for the fun of doing it. So that's what it sounds like. Uh, And it sounds like I can tell you're really excited about this new album. I I am. I was, uh, I haven't made music in a few days and uh, this conversation is getting me re-jazzed. I was (laughs) kind of kicking myself for the lack of studio time. Mm -hmm. Well, that's because Elden Ring, but. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's a good excuse. I think it's a fair excuse. Yeah, absolutely. Living in the moment. (laughs) Um, All right, Sam. Yeah, so I, think that's probably a good wrap so the is this new album going to be available on spotify yeah it's going to be available <laughs> wherever you can find it again i have no album name uh decided as of yet but again the name is sentimentality mode and i have it linked under my instagram if anyone wants to follow it and instagram again, instagram is at samantha i amantha hmm. sam i am plus an antha <laughs> <laughs> It uh, makes it harder for people, but um, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, I already have on the Instagram like a, a link to like an IGTV version of the song, and you can find the video I've released on Sentimentality Mode on YouTube. It should be Sentimentality Mode is like the artist name, and the song's called No Clip. Mm. Which if, you, you know about No Clip? I do not. You so in a lot of uh, like three D video games, yeah. uh, there's usually like a console command or sometimes it's a cheat code, yada yada, that allows you to just ignore geometry. <laughs> so like no clipping is when like you just fly straight through like walls and uh, things. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a particular thing I love. I, <laughs> the whole video I made for it was in Gary's mod. Okay. Which, which is just like the Source Engine uh, sandbox thing. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of like, a lot of, it's very video gamey. Like the name for the song is a thing you do in 3D games. <laughs> okay, and the song is called? No Clip. No Clip, gotcha. All right, cool, yeah, so we'll check that out. I'll, I'll link it for this whole thing too. And uh, yeah, appreciate it. Anything else you wanna throw out there? No, that's all I got. I mean okay. like again, on Instagram is where I post my show dates and there's a lot in March, so. Uh, Instead of inundating you with dates right now, just check it out. Just or check it out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Thanks for coming out. All right, how we feeling? Uh, inspired? Are we feeling inspired? Because I feel inspired after that one. Thanks so much, Samantha, for, for coming out here and telling us all about your, your passion projects and uh, your freaking song that gets me jacked. Uh, <laughs> it's great. And thanks for introducing me to Pets Cop, Chris Chan and uh city pop that was a that was a fun experience (laughs) so i appreciate that i appreciate y'all for listening and i hope everybody has a great week thanks so much i love you amen okay bye
Yeah, um, I forgot that every time I'm on a podcast, I have to dox my friend's parents' house. It's a thing I have to do. I'm legally obligated to say 850 Carlin's Way, Virginia. All right, 850 Carlin's Way, Virginia. This ha- this better remain in the episode. Oh, it will. <laughs> it right, will. Perfect. Trust me. <laughs>